Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, it's Dow Theory time. If you're a regular listener to the Gaines podcast, you know we talk about and follow the Dow Theory like a religion. And the Dow Theory has given us a ton of clarity ahead of the major market sell-off we've seen this year. And for some of us, it even gave us the all-clear sign to outright short the market. It also has given us some levels to watch for a retest. And so we're going to get the latest on what the time-tested Dow Theory is telling us about the direction of financial markets. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is GAINS. All right, so as mentioned, we're going to bring on our Dow Theory expert, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Chuck, great to have you on the GAINS podcast. Thanks for having me again, Andy. It's always a pleasure. You know, you're our Dow Theory guy, and you've kind of held our hands, and the Dow Theory has been a a great friend of the GAINS podcast and the GAINS listener uh, because it's given us a lot of clarity on the market and has probably protected a lot of us if we properly used it from heavy losses. So as we get the conversation started here, most of the GAINS listeners know about the Dow Theory, but in a 30-second primer, um, before we get into levels and where we're at, just give us a a, a real quick recap on the Dow Theory. Sure. Uh, The Dow Theory looks at the movement of the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Dow Jones Transportation Average. And from the movements of those two indices, discerns whether the market's primary trend i.e. the trend that typically lasts at a minimum six to eight months uh, and can be much longer, whether that primary trend is bullish or bearish. So the Dow Theory kind of tells you on what side of the market the the trend the market is at this point. And right now, and it has been since February 22nd, the primary trend of the market has been bearish according to the Dow Theory. The Dow Theory, we have some lows that have been put in, and those lows were actually for both the industrials and the transports were put in on May 19th, if I'm not mistaken. And that Dow Industrial low level that was put in on May 19th at the close, closing is, is key here, and, and Chuck will talk about that as well. The Dow Industrial's level is 31,253.13. That's the, the low on the Dow Industrial's. And the low on the Dow transports, the other part of this that we watch, was put on 
in on May 19th as well. At the close, 13,439.21. Now, we've established low Dow theory low levels, and then Chuck can explain we really don't have levels on the high side right now because we're just kind of working through all of this. So with the Dow Industrials at 31,253, the Dow Transports at 13,439, we've now since come off those lows and just kind of explain where we're at since we've uh, posted those lows on the 19th. The market's been all over the place, but but uh, both indices have popped off those lows and just kind of explain where we're at now. Sure. So from, from a Dow theory perspective, uh, the, the, what you need to change the primary trend from bearish to bullish is a series of things to happen. The first is that you, you have lows in place, um, and we have those lows. The, the May 19th lows look like you know, those are the, the legitimate, the most recent lows. Then typically the second thing is you have a, a significant rally off of those lows, uh, which tends to happen during bear markets. And we're getting that rally right now where, uh, you know, right now the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up, oh, what is that, uh, almost 2,000 points. Uh, um, yeah, about 2,000 points from that May 9th low. And uh, on, the, on the case of the Dow and Transports, they've had a very robust rally, actually. When you look at where they are now, they're at about 14,500 versus, as you mentioned, any that low of about 13,400. So, and, and real quick with are, the transports, just real quick with the transports, you mentioned they put on a ton of points. They, they do take off and put on a ton of points. That's actually kind of a bullish thing because, and I want you to just touch on this real quick too, because the transports tend to be a big time leading indicator. So we could go ahead and continue. Yeah, and, and you're right that you know if of of the two indices, I mean the the transports have been looking better, and that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because of their sensitivity to the economy and is there a barometer for future economic activity. So we're, we've got these rallies that have occurred, and you know they could continue to to rally from here higher. At some point, we would expect a retest, what's called a retest, of those May nineteenth lows, and that's where kind of the rubber will meet the road on this market. If in fact one or both of the Dow indices can hold those lows and then rally back above where the, the, these recent rally peter, peters out, you know, that's the change in the trend from bearish to bullish. So basically, you know, we're getting the rally off the lows at some point in here, the Dow theory says, listen, you, you would expect this rally to peter out at some level, and then you're going to get a retest of the lows. And on that retest, you need at least one of the indices to hold the previous low, and it would have to hold it on a close. You mentioned, Andy, that the Dow theory works on closes. So you need the uh, intraday moves are, are, are not important from the Dow theory perspective. You would need those previous lows to hold. And then if those previous lows did hold, and then we got another rally, and that rally carried above this ra- the, the, the levels that are made in this current rally, then you got a bull market. So, you know, the bottom line is some things still have to pan out here. We do have lows in place. We've gotten a rally. It'll be interesting to see if on a retest, if those previous lows hold. And, you know, up to this point, uh, you know, the the lows have not been holding. You know, since February 22nd, we've been making a series of 
of lower lows. And that's one of the reasons why I think the market has been, you know, un- uncooperative in terms of sustaining something to the upside. So, you know, with well, the market's in a in a position here where it's had a nice rally, maybe this rally continues a little bit more. Investors should be looking for that retest. And hopefully on the retest, those lows hold. And then the market builds fresh momentum and carries above these previous highs. And as far as a retest, let, let, let's talk about that a little bit. What does that look like? I mean, will do they have to actually go and retest those exact levels? Do they get close? Do they break through in an intraday and then hold at the close? What does that retest look like? How do you know when it's there? Does it have to, you know, we establish those low levels for both indices and and and, and the retest has to happen for both indices too as well. But explain what this all looks like and how, how we... Yeah, and, that, and, and that's a great question. What does it look like? And then that's where a, a bit of the art comes in on the Dow Theory as well as the science, because, you know, what constitutes a legitimate retest? It it doesn't necessarily, you know, have to get all the way down there and, and, you know, stop at a point above that. You you know, typically, you know, if if you can have a market after after this rally pulls back and and retraces, say, one-third to two-thirds of the advance from that low, for example, that would be kind of a legitimate retest. Uh, if if you had a pullback in the market that that amounts to three to five percent from from that rally high, that would be considered a, le- a legitimate retest. Uh, a legitimate retest wouldn't necessarily be okay. The market's down, you know, 100 points on a day, and then and then goes back up. You need you need something that that has a, a bit more magnitude to it. And again, you can evaluate that in a couple of different ways. You can you know at some point here we're going to the rally is going to stop and you're going to have the market coming down a legitimate retest would be you know a retracement of one third to two thirds of that rally or about a three to five percent decline uh, those would constitute retests uh, and and it, it could be it could be something where you know it gets down and does go through intraday but th- those lows hold and then the market moves higher you know so it can it can look a lot of different ways but the, the the overriding factor is you have to have a legitimate retest something you know that's 24 hours and and it goes down 200 points it's got to be you know, of that, some that significance you need some kind of significance as far as as movement that is correct yeah and 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 you know it's kind of one of those things typically you kind of know it when you see it and although i will say that there have been times when you know we've had a fair amount of debate here as to trying to assess whether that you know the retest was in fact significant enough to consider it a retest or or was it just kind of a a little bit of a blip and a continuing uh, you know rally within a, a bear market so that that is you know that, that is where kind of the art meets the science in these things but you know my guess is we'll get a pretty good you know based on the way the market has been behaving we'll get a pretty good retest here and there won't be any confusion as to you know yeah this is a pretty good, it's a pretty good retest uh, I, I expect that fully and you know we tend to let the market tell the story here as opposed to kind of guessing but i you know I, it's still if i had to guess and you had a gun in my head i would probably say that those lows aren't going to hold it just feels still a little too soon to for me to 
you know, bear markets don't end in, the, in a matter of weeks. Well, it did and, last um, time. Well, you know what? It, it did it, last it, time. <laughs> no, no, no. It, That's it, a, it, a big time exception. And I think a lot of people who are relatively new to the market saw that. And, you know, they're so, I think they're so anxious for things to turn around. And I think that that kind of plays into a lot of people being, well, well, you know, right. it did you last time. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it can, you know, in this time it can as well. I think, again, as we talked about on the last show, the, the, the big difference between this bear market and the one that was in, you know, in, in 2020 is, is the presence of inflation. Um, and Fed and policy, really, too, versus like before yeah. they went real, real loose. Now they're tightening up. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing, too. You know, in, in the bear markets that we have seen, geez, really, for what, the last 35 Go, years. Going back to like the early 80s, right? Yeah, every one of those bear markets had a cadence to them, and part of that cadence was, you know, the Fed knocking down interest rates to kind of spur the economy because, you know, a recession basically was was in play, and one of the reasons why the the the, the market was heading lower, and so you had this, you know, this cycle of okay, you had uh, economy slowing down, going to a recession, uh, the Fed comes in, knocks down rates to kind of help. And then you start seeing a recovery in, in both the market and then eventually in the economy. Um, and, and that has been the cadence of bear markets for the last, as you mentioned, these 35 to 40 years. This one's a little bit of a different animal because you didn't have inflation before. You have it now. Before, you had the Fed uh, loosening to, to, to lower rates. Now, you've got, you've got a Fed raising interest rates. So now they're raising interest rates in the face of kind of sluggish economy and and uh, or potentially sluggish economy, and you've got inflation looming there. And that's a whole different animal and, and, you know, something that, you know, most market people, you know, under the age of 60 have not seen before. And, and how that's all going to play out, I think, is, 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 you know, one of the reasons why I think this is not necessarily going to be a run-of-the-mill bear market in terms of duration. To me, um, yeah, it is not going to get wrapped up in a few months. And, and, and I think that's why those lows will get tested. And again, if I had a gun in my head, if you had a gun in my head, I would think they are going to get taken out. I hope I'm wrong. And it's possible I will be. You know, maybe inflation is going to, to, uh, to uh, you know, come back much more quickly than I think it will. And maybe as that comes back more quickly, it won't force the Fed's hand to be as aggressive in raising rates as much as I think they will. And, you know, and, and, you know, you're not tanking the economy in the process and everything's kind of hockey dory and we, we start back up again, but a lot of, a lot of stuff has to happen there. (laughs) And I'm just, you know, to me, it's, it's asking a lot for that all to, to, to line up at this point. So I think there needs to be a bit more damage in the market. Um, before we've seen the bottom. And we're going to talk with Chuck about establishing levels to the upside and then also get some picks, some plays from him when we get back from a a break. But, hey, real quick, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday and Friday mornings. We'll be right back with Chuck right after the break. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. Give us the website that is always of interest to the GAINS listeners, and then we'll uh, talk about what you do to establish the top side of these Dow Theory levels. So uh, give us that that website. Check out the website Chuck's going to mention right now. You're going to love this. Yeah, the website, Andy, is UpsideStocks.com. That's UpsideStocks.com. And it's a website for our investment newsletter, uh, on our publishing side, uh, Upside, which focuses on small, uh, primarily small and, and mid-sized companies. And I think for your gains listeners, the, the types of stocks that they they like to, 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 to kind of uh, look for in terms of opportunities, uh, names that, you know, aren't household names today, but companies that we think are, are good growth candidates and you can buy them at still reasonable prices, uh, that's Upside Stocks. Dot com and you can get a, a free 30-day trial subscription to the newsletter at that website. So that's UpsideStocks.com. Be sure to check that out. Okay, so we, we've established, you know, those low levels. So the Dow Industrial, just a recap, 31253 and change. The Dow Transports, 13439 and change. Um, how do you establish the the upper levels in, in, in the Dow Theory range. We talked about the retest and when you know markets come down and retest those levels on the Dow Industrials and Dow Transports, what's the the, the levels to the upside and how well, does you, that you get established? Of, yeah, you kind of let the market do that for you in terms of there isn't a there isn't a try and true rule that says okay, you know, from this bottom from those main 19th lows, the 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 industrials and the transports have to rally x percent. That's that's not in the game. What happens is they get you get a rally that is is meaningful and and typically again meaningful is going to be something that it's at least a three percent move off that off off those bottom lows and, and oftentimes more significant and and then the market will you know you'll you'll know the you'll know those rally highs after they are achieved and the market starts its retest so uh, you know, I, I, we, you know, if if the market tomorrow started to move down in earnest over the next f- week or two, 
then then we've established those those highs that that the market will target on any kind of subsequent rally after a retest. But um, there isn't a, a rule that says, okay, this is where you can expect this to go. And and so you know we'll let the we'll let the indexes kind of tell the story. I know that the, you know I at least at this point, given the rallies that they've had off the May nineteenth lows, that that you know this is an established meaningful rally. So wherever this kind of peters out, that's going to be the the important uh, rally highs that we'll look at uh, as the market does a, a successful retest and then rallies again to try to uh, go above those highs. So you're taking note of what kind of highs you can establish in this bullish run in an overall bear market. And then when you see it go back down and retest it, so it'll establish those highs and we'll know it when the market will tell us. And then it goes down and does a meaningful retest. Do you then get the all clear sign when you go off the retest and then break through those levels that have that we just we talked about yes. will be established? Is that when you get the yep. all clear sign? Is that is that how yes, that kind of works? Okay. Yes, it is. And, and you know, and somebody listening may go, "Well, geez, that's that doesn't exactly get me in at the bottom." And 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 they're right. The, the Dow theory is not going to be a tool that gets you in at the exact bottom because it requires a series of confirmations to ensure that the primary trend has changed. So, you know, the point being, no, we're not, it's not going to get you in at the bottom, but it's going to get you in um, to, to hopefully capture that big, you know, that big middle and, and end of, of the bull market moves. But um, because it requires a series of confirmations, which I like because, you know, the Dow theory isn't, isn't typically going to be something that just whipsaws you around where all of a sudden you're it's a bear market one day it's a bull market the week later then it's a bear market a week later after that and part of the reason it's it doesn't do that is because it does require this series of confirming events you need a, a bottom to be in place you need a rally you need a retest you need subsequent uh, new rally highs and you know, you have a greater degree of confidence than as that the trend truly has changed, as opposed to kind of getting whipsawed all over the place by. And, and this is an easy market to, to get whipsawed in because you've got significant moves to both the upside and the downside. And the, and and without putting those moves in some sort of context, it would be very easy to be just jumping from bullish to bearish to bullish to bearish to bullish to bearish. Trading the, the headlines depending on emotion. All that. And, you know, an excellent point I just want to make here is, yeah, it's not going to get you at the bottom and it didn't get us out at the top. But I'll tell you what, if you followed the Dow theory, um, it saved you a ton of money in in losses because it did tell you when to get out before there was some real downside. And full disclosure, I've mentioned this on the podcast, no longer doing this, but at the time – I actually triple shorted the market because the Dow theory told me we were going to go much lower. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't get you right out at the top, but it can save you a ton of money when the market's getting cracked. And in my case, it actually helped me build some dry powder because I was able to deploy some cash to just outright short the darn thing. So, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't get you out at the top. Doesn't get you in at the bottom, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot of uh, clarity it gives you along the way. And, and you know, anybody who listened to this podcast, 
it definitely gave us the heads up on the downside of the market. Yeah, it did, and and you know it it, it helped. If you took some action, it helped. You know, I mean, April was a horrible month, and 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 you know you, you were given fair notice. You know, in February twenty second, when the average is when the Dow theory turned bearish. The and other and that's, thing, and, too, and just real quick on the February, I mean, a, a lot of folks, I mean, degenerates like me who said, "Hey, this is going lower." April was a pretty darn good month, Chuck. When oh, you, yeah. you have a triple short, I mean, so yeah, it no, did give us the that. Side, it was a darn good month, and <laughs> and the other thing is too, it was it didn't avoid, but you know, you look at some of the 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 pace things that you know, you start looking away from the indices and looking at some you know some of these crazy stocks that people were buying that just got just obliterated. Growth, um, all kinds of growth. I mean, you want to talk yeah, about just getting you know, I mean, crushed by 30, 40% more for some of them. You know, I mean, I, you know, just a, not to cherry pick, but, you know, a stock like Coinbase, for example, which was, uh, you know, kind of a, a favorite stock. Yeah, it had already come down pretty sharply from its November high, but on February 22nd, that stock closed at $176 a share. Today it's 70 So, you know, it, 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 it it, it, it was a a pretty good tool, uh, especially for um, helping perhaps some investors, depending on how they used it and depending on what they did, avoid some just real pastings that occurred in a lot of these stocks. Um, you know, in in the last in the last three three months, quite frankly. You know, you mentioned Coin uh, Coinbase, the ticker Coin C O I N. A stock that I love right now, nibbling isn't, in my opinion, necessarily a bad thing. It's been really taken, so uh, I, I, there may be further downside. Posh, ticker P-O-S-H, uh, Poshmark, that was another one that I've been talking a lot, a lot about lately. You know, speaking of... Uh, yeah, and, and, and just let me, let me just interject. I wasn't necessarily kind of bad-mouthing Coinbase, per se. I was just kind of giving an example. No, no, that's stock. a good example, and I, I don't take it as you... Um, yeah. Bad mouthing it at all because you know what Coinbase and Poshmark and a lot of the Roblox. I mean, you could even look at uh, Meta, aka Facebook. These are stocks I talk about all the time. It's a good thing that uh, uh, you got the heads up and 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 people were getting out of those positions because uh, they have been taken. They've tanked hardcore and and they may have further downside, but it's a whole. Heck of a lot cheaper buying those stocks now than a couple months ago. Speaking of plays, how are you playing this? There's another X factor. We talked about inflation. Energy is just on a run as well. That's kind of playing into it. We talked about the X factor being inflation this time and then also Fed policy. So, um, you know, with the backdrop of the Dow theory, and we've, we've talked about levels and play, what's what's the plays right now? If you are going to be nibbling, w- what are you looking at? And I, I'd love to get your take on how energy fits in all this as well, Chuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm we're still bullish on that. Uh, and yeah, it's had a huge move. And yeah, history says it's uh, <laughs> it's it's not the easiest group to be trading out of. And yeah, you're probably going to get you know caught a little bit at the peak when that when it does turn aggressively, but. You know, I keep going back to that the idea that, you know, the, these these stocks were just, just, just taken out to the woodshed and trashed for about five or six years prior to about eighteen months ago when they started to make their move. And 
you know, when you looked at the the, the weighting of of energy stocks in the S&P 500, uh, you know, going into 2021, it was probably less than 3%. Uh, you know, that's down, I think, back in the 80s. It was 20-some percent. So, I mean, it hit, the, 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 energy, the energy complex had become just almost irrelevant to the market, and the, the price action was reflective of that. I mean, these, these stocks just stunk. So now they've had a pretty big move. And, you, you know, you can make an argument where well, that move is done, um, but it, to me, that it, there's still upside here. They don't have to get back to be 20% of the S&P 500, but you know, can they be four or five percent, six percent? Yeah, they they can. And and so, I think there's I think there's still legs to that story. You do run the risk always. You know, if there's, you know, if we get into a, just a, a, a severe economic downturn, that's not going to be good for energy stocks. Um, if we get into, um, uh, you know, some other things that that could impact the demand for for energy, you know, if if you know foreign demand dries up, um, you know, maybe that's not going to be great for the group. But I, I still think there's upside in that group, and 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 you can also get pretty nice dividend yields in a lot of those stocks too. So, um, you know, we continue to like them and we continue to own them, uh, and. You know, on the large cap side, we, we're fans of uh, Devon Energy, DVN. Uh, on, on the small cap side, we have a stock that's called Matador Resources, MTDR, that our clients own, and the stocks have been behaving very well. Another large cap that we like is EOG Resources, the symbol's EOG. Um, so those are some names in a group that, that we own that we like quite a bit, and we're still comfortable buying them. Now, as far as uh, others in, in like a uh, Philip Morris and Altria, these big dividend stocks in in other areas, a telecom, uh, are, are you delving in that a little bit? Are you nibbling in that? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. We're you know we're, the, the group that we've been you know comfortable buying, and, and I can't say their stocks are cheap um, when you look at historical valuations, but I think they're, 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 you know, in that defensive category have been utility stocks. And, you know, that has been a, a, that has been a trade that has worked fairly well for us. And again, you get the, you know, dividends matter right now. People like them. Those dividend stocks as a group have held up significantly better. Um, so, you know, utilities fall into that. You mentioned, uh, you know, Philip Morris, which is a stock that I thought I think is pretty interesting. Uh, that has held up quite well. Um, so, you know, I mean, if you're in the in the tech space, um, some of the, the 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 better dividend payers in the tech space have held up better than the group, and that would be something like Hewlett Packard, um, which you know is, is HPQ a, on that ticker. HPQ. HPQ. Yep. Um, that. Um, you know, one that has taken a pretty good beating, but I like is, is Qualcomm, symbols QCOM, and a stock that we we don't own, cut and and I've I've kind of I don't want to say hated it, but I've just never liked it for many many years. That actually is starting to look a little bit better, and it's one that fits real nicely into the whole dividend story. Is you know is IBM? I mean, oh that's yes, been, that's yes. been that's been kind of a pig for. A long, long time, but they had a pretty decent quarter. The stock has been behaving better, and you get a dividend yield of 4.6%. So, again, we haven't pulled the trigger on that, but it's one that's definitely on my radar.
Uh, IBM so, kind of reminds me of Microsoft. Microsoft sat and just did nothing for so long and then had, had really taken off. So, you know, some of these these companies can sit for a really long time and then oh yeah uh, just that, yeah they can, they can be they can be dogs for a long long time but but you know boy if if you look at a um i don't know you look at a five-year chart of ibm it's 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 getting kind of interesting and again you got that dividend yield there and that's 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 playing right into the, the space right now so and and the other area that people may want to start to kind of lean on a little bit is um you know, small cap stocks have haven't exactly been great, but you know they 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 are cheap, and relatively speaking, and and that's an area where if people are a little devoid of exposure. Um, they may want to start to maybe re-examine that exposure a little bit. That there probably will be some opportunity. If you go back, at, you know, if you think this market environment is similar to the you know, to the tech wreck of the 2000s, and and th- there are a lot of similarities. Um, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002, you know, small cap stocks really weren't all that bad in, 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 in some of those periods because, you know, you had this shift in the market to value, and, and we have seen that shift you know, to, to, to value beating growth. And if that continues, you know, you're going to get a better play and, and some of the small caps that are that have just been beaten up. So you know, where, where can you find some good small cap ideas? Are uh, boy, that's a I just walked into that plug for our upside newsletter. Andy. You know it. Upsidestock.com. Yeah. There, that wasn't the intent, but but but, but it, hey, it, it, it works. I mean, and again, that's upsidestocks.com. You know, I'm I'm a contrarian, and uh, you know, so I watch sentiment a lot. My my final question for you, Chuck, is: Are you getting the calls? Are you are people concerned? Where we are? Where are we at sentiment wise? How is it compared to other sell offs? What can you draw from what you're you know as far as talking to your clients? Yeah, not not enough of them to, and that's another reason why I think that um, you know we we may not have hit bottom. We may not have had that total capitulation. Um, you know, it, it's there's been some, but it hasn't been like previous time. And, and and I've talked a little bit about a tool that I like to use for giving me a look at the popularity of stocks. Um, is this looking at the percentage of stocks that are trading above their 200-day moving average? And uh, you know, in the last two significant bear markets, that percentage was only about two percent. In other words, 98% of the stocks were trading under their 200-day moving average. And you know, to me, that that you know, that was just a siren call. It said, you know, I don't know if this thing is bottom, but that, that people hate stocks, and they really, really hate stocks. That level's only gotten down into the, the the lower 20s, and that doesn't mean it has to go down to 2%. But there's still a lot of room between 2% and you know, 20, 25%. And so, you know, I, I, I and and hope maybe maybe this is a different type of market, and it's not going to get there. But I I, I kind of believe that thing's going to got to got to get into the mid teens um before i'm i'm ready to say yeah we've we've had the type of capitulation that you usually see at market bottoms i don't i just don't think we've seen it yet we've seen market bottoms before it just doesn't feel like a market bottom at all there's just not nearly i hate to say the bloodshed there's not nearly the just 
the the feeling of despair that you normally get at these market bottoms. That's why I asked you about sentiment because I was secretly kind of hoping, oh man, we are getting tons of calls. People are panicking because that usually indicates that maybe we're close to the bottom. It doesn't sound like that's the case at all. No, not no. We, we've gotten some, but they, they've kind of tapered off here as the market's had this nice rally since May 19th. So certainly in the last uh, oh, last three weeks. Um, it's it's been it's been a bit mellower, which is what that's what rallies do. They kind of they kind of suck you back in, and they kind of give you you know they kind of create that fear of missing out feeling and and and, and so forth. But um, enables people to then buy the uh, short term top again and then take it to the chin when it exactly. goes lower for the retest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just in time for the retest. So you know, and, and again, Andy, I mean, I you know, I, I've been doing this a, a long time. This is my 40th year. Uh, and one thing markets do is, is make you humble, especially about your, your own opinions and, and strength of those opinions. And, um, you know, all bear market rallies, all bull markets start with a bear market rally. So is it possible that this rally that we're getting now is going to be the beginning of a, a bull market and the May 19th lows are going to be the lows? That's certainly that's certainly possible. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, ultimately we kind of let the market tell the story. Um but uh, again, if 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 you own a gun in my head and you're making me you know, asking me to make a call right now, it just feels too soon uh, that we need more damage done, and and which is why I don't think those lows are going to hold. As we wrap up the gains podcast, any final thoughts? You know, we've covered the ground and and reestablished the uh, Dow theory. But what's the, what's a, the thoughts you want to leave the gains w- listener with today? Yeah, if you want a silver lining, um, is. And, and you would kind of mention it is that is the Dow Jones transportation average. Kind of keep an eye out for what's going on there. Um, uh, that's that's had a that's had a nice move. It looks you know the chart looks off the bottom there looks pretty good. If in fact uh, you know it can it can kind of uh, move aggressively above uh, the mid May level highs, uh, which you know somewhere around fourteen thousand eight hundred. Uh, you know that would be a positive. So. Um, if, if you're kind of wondering what, what to watch, I mean, there's always so much to watch, but uh, I, I think a real worthwhile thing to be watching is just how are the, trans, how are the Dow Jones transportation average, uh, how is that behaving? And, and again, a, a pretty significant move back to, you know, the 15,000 would be, uh, that would be, that'd be positive for the market. Um, I, I wouldn't say it'd be, um, it's not going to change the trend from bearish to bullish, but, you know, it, it would put a fair amount of ground beneath that in that May 19th low. So even on a retest, you would expect it to be to, to hold up. So let's see how the transports behave here. And, and that's something that we're going to be watching closely. Always nice to end on a, a little bit of an up note. Well, hey, big thanks to Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond. As always, author of the book Winning with the Dow's Losers. Give us that website for the Gains listener one last time. Sure, that's UpsideStocks.com. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If that's an option for you, I've been told that's podcast gold. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back on Friday morning, and we're taking a deep dive into crypto. Crypto's been roughed up a little bit, so we'll see you then. 
A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 